welcome to the first episode of our new series GameStop The Whole Story. Together with me, Stefan Haas, researcher for Find Out Why, specialized in political economy. We're going to discuss the story of GameStop. And I'm going to start with my first question, Stefan. Why did GameStop and the stock market make it in the news? So, uh, ordinary people are making billions on the stock market at the cost of hedge funds. That is a very interesting topic to get in the news. The price of a stock of a by now famous company went from a couple of dollars into all-time highs of over $400. It made news because this was a collective effort of people on Reddit. They united on a platform to pull off a remarkably interesting trick on the stock exchange. And they beat Wall Street at it. Immediately after this successful trade from the Reddit investors, Robinhood stopped enabling trading for them. Why that happened? The company, Robinhood, uh, was being accused of manipulating the market. And it was uh, allegedly favoring hedge funds over these individual investors. Now, what is important to understand is on the financial markets, people only make deals via a broker. So even if you decide to buy something, a broker or an intermediary is in between that and actually does the transaction for you. Uh, Usually there is some time in between you telling the broker to do something and the broker actually finding the other party to conduct the transaction. During this time there is a risk and because of that for market security we demand from the broker to have sufficient capitalization or money to be safe. The argument uh, Robin Hood put forward for stopping the trade was exactly that, that it required more capitalization, which it did get afterwards. Uh, Robin Hood is a company that helps people conduct trades on the financial market and does this, importantly, without a commission. It is a broker, in that sense, an intermediary that connects a buyer, which is in this case an individual investor, with access to activity on the market. Instead of what most people think, you actually don't buy the stock yourself. And to be fair, neither does the broker really do it. The only thing the broker does is it sends a record to a clearing firm that will actually conduct the transaction. So even though you have already paid the money, the deal is not really conducted yet. Only an order has been sent to a clearing firm who will, after the end of one or two days, usually, balance all the trades of that period. So the more people buy and sell shares, it will be more efficient if, if, if all these trades and all these buying and selling has, will be done at one time instead of every transaction individually. It makes more sense to do all the pluses and min- minuses in one time. So for example, if 100 people together bought or like 300 stock of GameStop, but also people together sold 250 stock of GameStop. Then all that had to be done by Robinhood after the period is get 50 actual stock. The difference between 300 and 250. And of course, the money required for this. For this. And the rest is just swapped between people. And that is the clearing operation. Now, this clearing operation does involve risk. And because an enormous increase in volatility, uh, many more transactions were done, Uh, but also in the value of the transactions. It was occurring in in the stock of GameStop. Robinhood, as the clearing firm now, because also what Robinhood was doing, had to recapitalize itself to be able to comply with the rules and regulations. 
and they decided to stop trading in GameStop to get this done. But they also decided to stop trading on other stock that was targeted by the Reddit community. So for example, Nokia, BlackBerry and AMC. And all the while, the hedge funds were allowed to keep trading. So did Wall Street use its power to force Robinhood to stop trading on behalf of people? Well, this is a claim that is worthy of investigation, of course. Robinhood is a very interesting company with a bold and maybe inspirational mission, which you can find on their website, which is to democratize finance for all. They are part of an upcoming innovation, basically commission-free trading. So instead of paying a commission fee for trading, they provide a free service, an interesting mission which helps people with access to the stock market. So this multi-dimensional story with the rapid increase in the price of one stock that infiltrates instability in the market, is that really so novel? No, um, no, no, this is not unique at all. We all probably still remember the bubble in Bitcoin, the cryptocurrency hype. But this story is really different. It's totally unique. The story with GameStop, it was a big community that actually played the game very well and did not just get lucky. Uh, in some media, you can find a lot of people and, and, uh, and articles saying individual investors are dumb. They should leave it to the experts on Wall Street. They know what they are doing. People could never do it. And that is why this GameStop story is, is landmark. It really changed the story. Ordinary people were now able to play the game better. The person who became famous with this, uh, who goes by an alias of uh, deep fucking value, has a YouTube channel where he uploaded a video even over six months ago where he literally explained his thought process. So this was not a get lucky or a random thing. It was very, very clever and well thought out. It was almost a guaranteed success. A guaranteed success. Interesting. Why is that? And the core of why this was successful has to do with one specific type of financial instrument. It's called short selling. Now what short selling means is in principle is betting on a decline in the value of a financial asset. In this case, the stock of GameStop. But there is a fundamental instability with short selling. With short selling, the hedge funds didn't even buy the stock, they borrowed the stock to sell them immediately, with the idea to buy back the stock from someone else in the future. So they can make money if the stock is cheaper in the future, because they can sell it for the current higher price and buy it for the lower price in the future. And people on Reddit noticed um, uh, there was an exceptional interest in short selling in the stock of GameStop. It even scored over 100% interest, which means there was more demand for short selling the stock than actually existing stock. This is possible only because people borrow the stock. The brokers, the intermediaries can do this even without you as an individual being aware of it. So if you think you own a stock, might be that at times a broker will actually lend out your stock to someone else. Of course, with the idea to get it back to you. Uh, in a sense, this works just like with banks. Um, they don't have all our money in ready cash, but also lend out large parts of it, assuming we don't come and pocket our money right now. If we would do that, we would have a serious issue. So during normal times, this works fine. 
So in that context, what did the Reddit community notice with the stock of GameStop? Interest in short selling was higher than actual existing stock. Because it even scored uh, up to all-time highs of 140% interest. The people on Reddit noticed that, hey, this might be a bit too much short selling. And really, is it likely that it's going to go so low? Will the value really decline that much? Well, not only did they not think it would, they also collectively organized themselves on the platform of Reddit and decided we will buy this stock to increase the value. By increasing the demand, because a lot of people united in this, they also increased the price. And because short selling requires the short sellers to buy the stock in the future, the hedge funds who bought all of these short uh, sellers were required to buy the stock they had previously borrowed. So they had to buy the stock in the future. The price now only increased from roughly $19 to over $300 and at one point hitting an all-time high of around $450. So instead of anticipating to buy back the stock for only a couple of dollars, they had to buy it back for over $300. And because the hedge funds were heavily short in this, they also had to buy back a lot of the stock, further increasing the price. So you can see why this was a very neat trick. Short selling can also make you lose much more money then you invest it, because theoretically the price of a stock can rise infinitely, whereas it can only decrease to a value of zero. This is why the hedge funds lost billions of dollars. This was one great game. But the story doesn't really end there. It is still ongoing, actually. And right now we see the people on Reddit with also, well, we have to admit creative and, and funny memes um, saying, hold the line. And what that means is that so even though the value has now decreased, they are still in this game. And they want everybody who bought the stock to hold on to the stock and not to sell. To hold the line, to hold on to their stock. So even though it appears in the news that the game is now over, the value is going back to normal. They are still playing. Because the short selling interest of the hedge funds is not over, they still, to this day, required to buy back the stock because they borrowed this stock. Now this is why they want everybody to hold on to the stock. So that's why they say it on Reddit that hold on and keep to your stock. Because eventually they have to buy it back. These hedge funds have to buy back the stock which will drive up the price again. And then um, the Reddit people want to be the ones selling it last. So that the real winners of this story will be the Reddit people and not the hedge funds. How the hedge funds respond to that tactic? Now what happened is the hedge funds went majors short again. So they played the game again. Because the price went so high because of this demand, they could buy the short interest again, anticipating that of course the value has to decline. So factually, what we see is that the game is played again and actually the same. And that is why they demand people to hold on to their stock because this demand from the hedge funds in the future will drive up the price yet again. And they can all sell getting the profit. Now this sounds very odd and, and as if this is going on over and over of course, but this is exactly what is happening right now. So if the Reddit investors hold the stock, that means they own the supply. So they basically operate as a monopoly in the market. 
That is, of course, and that is very important here, if they are able to collectively act and actually hold on to the stock. Because it is a lot of individuals and not just one person doing it. So they really have to stay strong, have to act as a community. Because it is might be interesting for individuals to sell because the price will go high and it, it makes sense for them to sell. But that might hurt the community. Um, so it is interesting to see if they are really able to sit and wait it out. There are lots of angles in this story for sure. And that's the reason we decided here in Find Out Why to treat it as a case study and devote a series of episodes with guests and experts discussing on it with you. So I'm really looking forward to this, Stefan. It is really amazing those weeks that the story unfolds to see how online stock exchange became so popular for everyday people. Uh, a lot of people are indeed important in this story. People are very important in this story. Um, the subreddit under the name of Wall Street Bats had around a million subscribers, or as they call it, um, funnily enough, degenerates. Um, this number has now risen to above 8 million and still rising. There are various reasons for the huge follow-up. So maybe more and more people realize that while the economy is in lockdown and more, and pe more people are losing their jobs or unemployed, uh, the stock market is growing more and more profits. So the economy is, is in breakdown, but the profits on the stock market keep rising. And that's very hard to understand, very hard to make sense of. And um, the rationality behind the stock market is also more questioned and it's more and more difficult to understand. What is exactly the contradiction here? It is becoming pretty common that companies that do not make any profits still do very well in the stock market. So famous examples of this are, are for instance, uh, Uber, Tesla, and takeaway.com. So what we see is that psychology is determining the price of a stock and not the prospect of the company. So if enough investors are doing exactly what you are doing and you do it a bit earlier, you win the game. It doesn't really matter if the company makes sense at all or, or really does something or it creates value. It's all about short-term money gains. And what we also have to understand is that people are increasingly indebted even at a much younger age, it starts off with, with these enormous student loans, which is partially used also to pay for sky-high rents. And then later in life, they also need a mortgage, again, putting them in debt. And especially for the United States, credit cards also play a big role which, with this after-pay structure that separates consumption time and payment time. You can, you can have it now and pay later. Uh, but this all means that we are more and more indebted. Then, if people get a shot at never having to worry about any debt anymore, of course you take it. And it was also very much a younger generation who have already experienced the recession and now have this epidemic and an economic stagnation on top of that. It is not a happy forecast. Taking a shot at an instantaneous financial well-being then makes a lot of sense. There is also an angle that directs this discontent not only at the bleak financial forecast, but also some channeled hate towards the financial sector. Especially, most of them have not forgotten that major financial institutions that took excessive risks were built out by their governments when it went wrong with their tax money. So there is certainly also an element of revenge on the hedge funds involved here. No wonder why there was a narrative about uh, market manipulation on media coverage. 
Well, market manipulation, um, this term was a bit weird in most of the news channels actually, because there are two parties accused of manipulating the market. We have on the one hand Robin Hood, because it restricted trading in the stock. And there is also people on Reddit accused for manipulating because they did a collective effort to influence the price. But as it appears right now, it is unlikely that we see legal steps being taken. But it does shed light on the power relations on the markets. Because the fact that it appears as market manipulation is of course understandable. But in reality, hedge funds are not that different. Hedge funds too use money from a bunch of rich investors and use this money to collectively to have a greater impact on the markets. Especially because hedge funds are also what we call leveraged. This is basically, let's say they collect $100 million from rich investors. And then they go to a bank with their investment plan and ask the bank, can you guys also put in money? And then the bank might even provide the hedge fund with many more millions. And this can be over a number of times like the initial money from the investors. So it could be many more hundreds of millions of dollars. So this is just as much market manipulation as the couple of million people that collectively went into this GameStop dealing. It is inevitable for most of us not to compare market power games with, with the idea of democracy, you know? There's one fundamental difference. Whereas democracy is based on the power of people, and every person counts as one person, in the market, people or persons, they don't matter. What only matters is money. So the comparison is that more money is more power irrespective of the people involved into this. Who are the winners and who are the losers in this money game? In a general sense, there are never really winners and never really losers on the stock exchange because, in effect, it is a zero-sum game. Anything that is won by one party must be lost by another party or many different parties. So in total, this balances each other out. It is factually only a different redistribution of money. Initially, it appeared to be the Reddit people who invested into GameStop, as if they were the winners, and the hedge funds the losers. And we still don't really know who in the end will be the winners of this story. So if, as explained before, the Reddit people are able to pull off their collective hold the line, it might actually be very interesting. But if this will break, if they won't be able to hold the line, um, it is very likely that in the end, perhaps the hedge funds might not even lose out at all. And some of the individuals could have led serious losses then. What we do know for sure is that the companies that conduct the transactions, the brokers or, or the Robin Hoods of this story, are winning anyways. Because the increase in volatility also led to more activity and more money to be made for them. What about the companies? GameStop, for example, the retailer company that sells the games. Uh, do, do they win or, or do they lose? Now, what is wrongly perceived in, in a lot of media is that if a lot of money is made on the stock market, that the company cares about it. This is hardly true. Imagine, for example, that, that I bought a stock for $100 and after a few weeks, the price rose 10%. And I sell my stock uh, valued at $100, which is now $110, and I sell it to Maria. When I made a $10 profit, not the company. So the winner in that stock trade is not the company at all. 
the only gain for the company is that in the f- might be able to in the future be able to get more money when it is offering new stock on the market because people have an interest in it. That way, the company wouldn't have to borrow money for which they have to pay interest. So it might allow a company to decrease the cost of access to money. Now, of course, usually the managers and executives of a company win from an increase in the price of the stock because they own stock and they can sell it for more than. But again, the company as a legal entity itself does not really profit too much from it. So imagine the role of good and timely information in this game then. The whole game in Wall Street is about information. If you are able, if you are the first to have access to information, you win the game. And uh, there's one good illustration for this. So early in 2020, multiple US senators had access to information about the US announcing lockdown measures. These, these senators uh, had access to this information before it went public. And that way, they were able to sell before the announcement would be made public, resulting in a declining stock market. What is also essential about information here is that it's not even about the truth of the information. Because in a large sense, the value of stocks is because people perceive the value to be true. Irrespective of its true value, the stock market is more about psychology than about real rational business. It's not the truth, but the construction of truth in a way that is important at the stock market. In the stock market, a self-fulfilling prophecy arises. Imagine that someone uh, with authority, for, for maybe uh, Warren Buffett, will announce he is investing into a certain company because he thinks uh, the company will do good. And because that became knowledge that Warren Buffett is investing into it, his decision combined with his appeal and authority can have investors doing the exact same thing. So therefore, the demand in the company is increasing. And the value in the stock will also increase. This changes reality and therefore also the investment outcomes. So in a sense, something can become true if enough people believe in it. What about false information and and misinformation in the context of the stock market? I might even spread information that is false about a company. But even if the information is real or not, people might believe in it and think there is something wrong with the company and thus sell their shares. Or uh, so they can go major short also in the company. And because a lot of people do the same thing, it will decrease the value of the stock. So information actually is the core thing here. Whether or not it is true, it can have a major impact. This is very critical. The concept of trustworthiness has a whole new layer in that context. We can, of course, also see the role of media here because they present information and they also have influence in shaping people's opinion of things. But there are now also these other platforms like like Twitter or Facebook where people communicate with one another. All of this information for the value of of stock because increasingly this is based on how people perceive it, irrespective of the real business it conducts. Do you think something like this will happen again? Um, No, no, no. I don't think something exactly like this will happen again. Wall Street didn't expect something like this. But they will be sure to acknowledge a collective effort like this can happen in the future. Uh, Because of the way people are connected now in various media outlets. 
So the inherent instability also in the trade of short selling, which the people on Reddit noticed that made use of, might not be so actively pursued now by these hedge funds. Some already announced that they were likely to refrain from doing short trades at all. Of course, we don't know for sure if they will actually stop short trading and, and if they have how long they will stop short selling. But maybe in a couple of weeks or months from now, they're going to back to normal as if like nothing happened. This is all, of course, speculation. And if I were very good at that, I would probably also be on the stock market. <laughs> Not only you. <laughs> I bet lots of our listeners might feel the same way now. <laughs> this story is fascinating. And, you know, there is a reason we have it as a case study here and find out why. It's, it's in a way history in the making. What should we expect from you next? As I'm handing you the mic, if you will, you're going to be the host of uh, the next episodes of GameStop, the whole story. So in this, in this first episode, I've given a basic background of all the dynamics at play. It is a complex story. There are so many angles to be covered here, which will give us some very interesting information. And we want to investigate this more with you. So we want to get someone from the Reddit platform to explain the community and how this community is built, uh, what, what they are up to. But we also want to discuss uh, this more in-depth uh, journalists because the media covered some topics and, and made some mistakes, but they do play a very important role. We also want to know more about the workings of the stock market and its inherent instabilities. So we can discuss this with market regulators who can give us their opinion. So I hope to be back to you soon with amazing content so that we can really understand this story. And I look forward to seeing you at the next episode. This was Stefan Haas, political economy expert and researcher for Find Out Why. And this was the first episode of the new series he is hosting, GameStop, the whole story. Stay tuned. I'm Elena Giola for Find Out Why.